from cries of hallelujah to hanging on a tree. His final days before victory over death and sin, a battle through the ages. But let's not jump to the end. Let's do this in stages. Starting with the day they welcomed their king. Into their city, their coats they did fling onto the road with outstretched arms. Declaring his glory, they waved their palms. He rode in on a donkey, or some would say colt, soon to be trialed, the man with no fault. He headed to the temple, the house of the Lord, but sinners were using it of their own accord, selling people, objects, lies, diverting attention from the heavenly prize. When Jesus entered the house of praise, he implored them all to change their ways. And whilst this was happening, a plan was being made. To the priests and the elders, Judas betrayed. The one he called teacher, the one he called friend, a name still to be used until the very end. Money changed hands in exchange for a life. Did Judas really know the impending sacrifice his greed would lead to just for 30 pieces? His loyalty gone, but his fame increases. Betraying the king, the ultimate treason. Now all that was left was to find a good reason. In the upper room, the twelve did meet, with wine to drink and bread to eat. This is my body, broken for you. This wine is my blood, for that I'll shed too. Before that hour comes, one of you will say, I don't know him, and one more will betray. After the supper, they went to a garden where Jesus knelt and prayed for a pardon. Take this cup. I'm not so sure now, but not my will, and to yours I will bow. I lived to die, my destiny, playing out in Gethsemane. Here it is, the start of the end. Here he is, the one I call friend. A blade was drawn to defend the Lord. Not now, Peter. Put away your sword. Judas greeted Jesus with one final kiss. Sealed their fates. Then both did this. Put on trial without a crime. Knelt before Pilate, the Lord divine. The king of the Jews, the son sent below. To which Jesus replied, you have said so. The rabble outside were asked who to set free. Barabbas, they yell, this one to Calvary. 
crucify him. But whatever for? He says he is God. Do you really need more? Jesus, don't you see I have your life in my hands? But their silence, their screams, more than I can withstand. I flogged you, but they say they want you crucified. I'm sorry, I have to, but I'll know that I tried. So, he walked down the street with a cross on his back. The guards pick Simon from the crowd because he's black. He carries the load, now his cross to bear. Imagine the weight of that tree they now share. On the hill of Calvary, he found his place. Between two criminals, their sentence he did face. One challenged Jesus, hey, where's your God now? The other saw him, and to God he did bow. This acknowledgement, enough. This would suffice. Today you will be with me in paradise. And there he did hang with outstretched arms, holes in his side and more in his palms. I am thirsty, he screamed in pain. Well, then you shouldn't have used God's name in vain. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they've done. And with one final cry, the breath left the sun. He said, it is finished. The old left behind. But that's not the end, I'd like to remind. Though his heartbeat has stopped, it soon will be drumming. Though Friday is here, Sunday is coming. I only want to say there is a way Take this cup away from me For I don't want to taste its poison Feel it burn me I have changed I'm not as sure as when we started then I was inspired Now I'm sad and tired Listen, surely I've exceeded Expectations tried for three years Seems like thirty Could you ask as much? from any other man but if i die see the saga through and do the things you ask of me let them hate me hit me hurt me nail me to their tree i'd wanna know i'd wanna know my god 
Wanna know, I'd wanna know my God. Wanna see, I'd wanna see my God. Wanna see, I'd wanna see my God. Why I should die. Would I be more noticed than I ever was before? Would the things I've said and done matter anymore? I'd have to know, I'd have to know my Lord Have to know, I'd have to know my Lord Have to see, I'd have to see my Lord Have to see, I'd have to see my Lord If I die, what would be my reward? If I die, what would be my reward? will not be killed in vain show me just a little of your omnipresent brain show me there's a reason for you wanting me to die oh you're far too keen on where and how but not so hot on why all right i'll die just watch me die See how I die See how I
tell my father that his son didn't run or surrender. That I bore his name with pride as I tried to remember. You're not judged for what you do. Now I die for you. When I rest neath fields of green, let her lean on your shoulder. Tell her how I spent my youth So his truth could grow older Tell my mother when you can I die a man Tell her Again, where the angels learn to fly. Tell her I'll be home again for my purpose was to Died for you, proud, true, like he taught me. Tell my mother so she knows I love her so.
rode into town the other day Just me and my daddy He said I'd finally reach that age And I could ride next to him on a horse That of course was not quite as wild we heard a crowd of people shouting And so we stopped to find out why But there was that man That my dad said he loved But today there was fear in his eyes So I said, Daddy, why are they screaming? Of some of them beaming Why is he dressed in that bright purple robe? I bet that crown hurts him more than he shows Daddy, please, can't you do something? He looks as though he's gonna cry You said he was stronger than all of those guys Daddy, please tell me why Why does everyone want him to die? Later that day the sky grew cloudy Daddy said I should go inside Somehow he knew things would get stormy Boy was he right But I could not keep from wondering If there was something he had to hide So after he left I had to find out not afraid of getting lost so I followed the crowd to a hill where I knew men had been killed and I heard a voice come from the cross and it said father why are they screaming why are the faces of some of them beaming? Why are they casting their lots for my robe? This crown of thorns hurts me more than it shows. Father, please, can't you do something? I know that you must hear my cry. I thought I could handle a cross of this size Father, remind me why Why does everyone want me to die? Oh, when will I understand why? My precious son of the enemy.
dreaming Soon I will clothe you in robes of my own Jesus, this hurts me much more than you know In this dark hour I must do something Though I've heard your unbearable all of your lies soon you'll see past the unmerciful eyes look there below is the child trembling by her father's side now I can tell you Two of our biggest challenges in the church calendar are Easter and Christmas. Back to those mince pies again. And uh, how do we take those incredible messages, unchanging of God's love and involvement in our lives and bring them anew and afresh uh, year after year? We don't want to change the Easter message. It's the same, but we want to present it in a way that's that provocative, that reminds us of the enormity of what God has done for us. And I think we've been reminded this morning, thank you guys for those provocative images on the screen, for the words that you've, you've shared with us uh, in spoken word and in, uh, in song as well. And I just want to round things up with uh, one, uh, I think there's one snippet of the verse that we read earlier through the, through the uh, reading right at the start which says, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. See, your king is coming. Today and the next week or so, as we've been reminded, is all about the coming of a king. But the coming of a king in a very different way than we would expect a king to arrive. And it was a very different way then, in a way that a king would arrive. In a few weeks' time, what is it, four or five weeks' time, we're going to have the coronation of King Charles and it's going to be uh, unrivaled in splendor. Nobody quite does pomp and circumstance like the Brits. And so the, the eyes of the world will be on the United Kingdom as we crown a king. And some of us will be excited about that. Some of us will be disgusted about that. Some of us will be ambivalent with that. There was a time in my life when any royal occasion like that was an excuse for me to be on a golf course for the day. I guess I'll watch part of it, I'm not sure. But when we go back 2,000 years ago to that incredible story that we've been reminded of this morning, there were some hints that Jesus is the king and there are some unusual ways that point to him being a king. Those palm branches that we waved this morning, I think the last time they'd been waved in Jerusalem in a way they were that day was to celebrate a great Jewish victory that the nation of Israel had conquered the Syrians. And Jesus deliberately didn't ride in 
on a stallion. He'd have been making a statement. The last people that rode in on that path on a stallion were the Romans to remind the Jews that they, that they had won the victory. And so Jesus came on that well-worn path, but instead of coming riding a victorious stallion like a king, a, a, a warrior king would do, he did the exact opposite. He didn't turn up in a, in a Rolls Royce. He turned up in a beaten old banger. Astonishing, really. But there was enough hints in that story and in the following week to realize that the whole of this week that we celebrate now, the fight that was going on was about one thing, the identity of Jesus. Was he who he says he is? And for the rest of that, that story, we see that fight going on. Are you the king of the Jews? Remember, let's go back to the Christmas story again, just so I can think about those mince pies once more. At Christmas, we'd been promised that this story was the baby born to be king. And 33 years later, at that very first Easter, they're still debating that fact. Is he the king? Is he the one born to be king? And if so, what's his kingdom going to look like? Surely the message that had all gone wrong, a king arrested, beaten, persecuted, spat upon, hanging on a cross, a, a, a death so agonizing that eventually even the Romans stopped doing it because they realized it was too, too nasty a way to kill people. And that great triumphal day that we witness on Palm Sunday, we know the story, don't we? We know that the story hadn't gone wrong. We know that this hadn't caught God by surprise. We know that this was part of the plan all the way through. And so even before we get to the rest of the Easter story that these guys have pointed to for us, giving us a great start to Holy Week. Even before we get to Good Friday and the cross, even, we, even before we get to Easter Sunday and the empty tomb, we are challenged on Palm Sunday by the coming of a king. If you've grown up in a country where there isn't royalty, the idea of kings and queens and princes and royal families sometimes seems a bit strange and, and, and outlandish. At the time of Jesus, the king was the ruler, the leader, the judge, the warrior, the one who, who had his country at his heart. And so if Jesus is who he says he is, if he has come to be king, then what are the implications for us today? I've got three things that I just want to encourage you with before we sing again and our time is done. First one is if Jesus is the king, then for us it means a change in our loyalty. 
a change in our loyalty. I don't know what your passport is at home, whether you've got a British passport, whether you've got a passport from another nation, whether you've got two different passports, still possible to do that. Anybody got passports from two different nations here? There's no immigration people around, don't worry, you can own up. <laughs> well, actually, with the kingdom of God, we can't have two different identities. We're either in the kingdom of darkness or in the kingdom of light. And when Jesus comes and says he's come to be king, it reminds us that our loyalty, our obedience, our very identity is changed. For those of us who are saying that we're following Jesus and we put our trust and faith in him, we've thrown an old identity away because it was dirty and mucky and we picked up a brand new shining identity in Jesus. And we're part of his kingdom. So when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, that's a serious statement to make. We're reminded today that as we wave our palm crosses and I commend those of you who have still got them in your hands and are still looking at them and gazing on them with wonder. That's great. Just as an aside, uh, mine and Amanda's mum bought those for us. So I'll send her our thanks and say that they were well waved this morning. But we are subjects of a different kingdom. We submit our will to that of Jesus, the King. And part of the reason of this Palm Sunday celebration, as we recognize that he came as a king like no other king had ever come, like no other king was to come, in humility and self-denial and self-sacrifice so that you and I could be given that entry into his kingdom. And however proud we are of the passport that we hold, we have an allegiance higher than that to the King of Kings, to Jesus. So it's a change in our identity, our loyalty, our trust, It's also a change in our values. That's the second thing I want to say. It's a change in our values. One of the difficulties when we have, when we talk about the kingdom of God, is it doesn't seem to be here yet. All these great promises we have about the kingdom, and we're not there yet. Well, the Bible tells us that in some ways the kingdom is here now, and in some ways it's still yet to come. But today we're reminded if Jesus has come as a king then there is certainly a kingdom. And so we live with different values and different priorities than others. We live in a culture, don't we, that values achievement and success and independence and an image. The values of the kingdom of God reflect the values of the king. 
And so we live as people not, not showing our allegiance to a world, but showing our allegiance to the God who made us in the first place and who sent his son to die to remind us how valuable we are in his sight. I couldn't help but see that picture on the screen of the cross with, uh, was it with the, the mother there? Was that the, was that the picture of the child? That, that solitary person at the cross anyway. And for a moment, my mind went to, what if that was me? What if I was in front of the cross and seeing the agony of Jesus and realizing that it was for me? That it was because of me? The God who made the heavens and the earth, who sends Jesus to be a sacrificial king, You've heard me say this before. I think the two greatest demonstrations in the Bible of the love of God both involve open arms. And I've always said if I ever was going to open a pub, then it would have to be a non-alcoholic pub because I don't drink, but I would call the pub the open arms. See what I did there? The open arms. And those two places... The open arms of the loving father in the story of the prodigal son. As he sees his son far off and his arms open, ready to embrace the son back into his arms. That's one powerful picture of God's love. Where's the other picture of open arms that demonstrate God's love? Well, we've seen it this morning. It's the cross of Jesus stretched out. And I want to remind you that this next week, Above every other week in the year, we remind ourselves that we are people of the cross and people of the empty tomb. And that the King of Kings has chosen to intervene in your life and in my life in the most loving way that this world has ever seen. So it's a change in our values and our lives are changed, our values are changed when we realize we are forgiven, we are loved, we have been given new life. It's a good name, new life, isn't it? Somebody should have called a church new life one day. But we've been given new life through Christ. So a change in our identity or our allegiance, a change in our in our values, in our thinking. And thirdly, and finally, it's a change in our purpose. It's a change in our purpose. It's a change in our destiny. It's a, it's a, it's a reset and a reminder of why we are here in the first place. Our priorities change. I hope that this week our priorities will reflect the incredible good news story that we've been reminded of this morning. The real test of people's priorities, I think, so often is how they spend their time, how they spend their money, how they spend their time thinking and daydreaming. And for those of us who say we're following Jesus, our purpose is more than just living this life and getting as much out of it as we can. Some people are driven to 
accomplish great things with their lives. Others just seem to drift aimlessly from day to day. But if we are really seriously saying this morning that Jesus is our king, he is who he says he is, then our priorities and our purpose take on a totally different outlook. He gives us a purpose and a mission in life. Somebody once said, when we're looking at Jesus, when we're looking at his kingdom, when we're looking at making a difference in the world, we're either a part of the problem or we're part of the solution. And some of us perhaps like sometimes to keep a foot in both camps. But if we're followers of the king, we have the answer to the problems that the world have around us. Now, I'm not being simplistic enough to say just go into every difficult situation that you come in and say Jesus is the answer. But he is. And when we know that Jesus is the answer in our lives and we've moved from death to life and we are living as citizens of his kingdom, then part of that is we can encourage and enroll others to step into that kingdom as well. And so this morning, I want you to take seriously, again, for the first time, whatever, the reality that your king is coming. And the Bible tells us that one day Jesus will come again. And if we think the pomp and the ceremony and the glory and the splendor and the majesty of King Charles's coronation is going to be exciting, we haven't seen anything yet when Jesus comes back this time as the most glorious, splendid, powerful king that this world has ever seen. And his kingdom will reign forever. This morning I want to encourage you that as we follow the king, it means our identity has changed. It means that our values are transformed. And it means our life is given a value and a purpose that is the most incredible gift that anybody could ever be given. Let me pray. I'm going to sing one more worship song and then I'm going to encourage you to stay with us and chat and have some refreshments and please do again have a take an opportunity to say hello to Ben and to Harriet and to thank them personally for their time with us this morning. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, it seems that we're well set now for this Easter week. We've been given a tantalizing touch of the message of the good news, of the sacrifice, of the power 
that you brought to bear in that first Passion Week. And we pray this morning that we might understand anew and afresh, not just in our heads, but in our hearts, what it means when the Bible says the King is coming. And we think of the King Jesus coming in humility on that first Palm Sunday. And we think of the King Jesus yet to come again in power and glory. We pray that this Easter week we might be reminded that as we follow the King, our identity has changed. We are living in a new kingdom. We pray that this week, Holy Spirit, you might remind us that our values have been transformed as we live to the kingdom values that you give us. And we pray that we might find our meaning and our purpose in life as living willingly and obediently as citizens of your kingdom and inviting others into that eternal kingdom. We look forward to Good Friday and pray your blessing on that walk of witness. We look forward to our Easter Sunday celebration when we can celebrate not just the coming King, but the risen King. And we pray now that you might send us out from this place, encouraged and uplifted as we've been reminded of the old, old story that still carries your power and your grace and your love into a world that so desperately needs those things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.